You're listening to Nightlight. Hello and a warm welcome once again to another international edition of the Nightlight Show. Nice as always to be with you and nice as always to have Melvin back on the show with one of his latest Bible classes. And if you've been following Melvin's classes on Nightlight over the past seven or eight years, you'll know that Melvin's classes are not just any old classes, but the topics on which he teaches are on point and really cutting edge of what we really need to arm ourselves with spiritually for the battles we are facing and for the even greater battles that lie ahead. And I certainly feel strengthened and empowered after hearing this terrific class, and I'm sure that you will too. It's nightlight. What a delight. So hi, Simon. Uh, thank you again for having me on your show. I've been teaching a lot of uh, different classes that God's been pouring out and on different topics, especially during this time when the world is going through all this craziness and, you know, fear and anxiety and uh, all kinds of uh, things going on that is causing the hearts of men to fail. So this class that I'm going to teach, Simon, is, um, I named it as uh, an attitude of a conqueror. Now the Bible talks a lot about us living in victory and being more than a conqueror. So during this time, uh, especially with this COVID and vaccine and all these things going on, it's important for us to know that God has created us as his children, as born-again Christians, to walk in victory. And of course, because we live in a fallen world, we've been programmed for defeat. We've been programmed to think that things are, uh, things are going to fall apart and things are going to get worse and sit back and suffer the consequences of what the devil is doing. But um, to be honest, God has created us for this hour, for this time, so that we, we all of us, not just uh, pastors and teachers and uh, missionaries, but every single one of us should be able to walk in the victory because the world needs us. The world needs people that that walk by faith, who know their God, that will do exploits. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Some of the attitudes what we have comes from the family we grew up in, our friends, our school, movies you watch. All of that gives us an, you know, like an attitude. We react with the attitude that we have. And basically, that attitude is just a mindset that you express. Now, sometimes we look at people and say, oh, no, she has an attitude. Because it's a way that she's expressing, which sometimes is not loving or not kind or whatever. It can be a bossy attitude. It can be a carefree attitude. I don't care attitude. All of those things. As Christians, we also need to have attitude as a child of God. So, today we're going to get into the Bible and see how we need to have an attitude of a conqueror, or more than a conqueror. Sorry, now if you're in Texas, you know, as a Texan, you might have an attitude. Don't mess with Texas or whatever, right? (laughs) You see that. See, it's an attitude that comes from something that you constantly think about. And it's something that you have value in. It's in India. I mean, they have attitudes here. Now, if you are Hispanic, you have a certain way you express your attitude. It might not be the same as the Irish or the Italians or whatever. So, as a child of God, 
it's really, really important for us to have this attitude of being more than a conqueror. That's what the Bible says we are. We are more than a conqueror. So, you know, I'm not going to get into the attitudes of uh, everything as a child of God, but today we're going to talk about and study from the Bible what this means. Now, the majority of Christians, they don't have an attitude of being more than a conqueror. They have the belief that Jesus is more than a conqueror. But themselves, they don't have that attitude. I didn't have the attitude even as a missionary for a long time. I knew God, you know, he can do all things and all of that. But when it came to me myself, I didn't have that attitude. I didn't have that mindset. My mindset was, well, if God wills and if God, you know, allows me to and if God does all of that. No, God wants us to have that attitude. That's an attitude of a child of God. It's not this attitude that, oh, I'm better than you. Or, no, that's not what it is. More than a conqueror, he's talking about not people. Like, you don't have this attitude, oh, I'm better than you or I can conquer you. No, that's not. That's a worldly thing. But as a Christian, our attitude to being more than a conqueror is against evil. It's against things that come against you in your life that is going to steal, kill and destroy. Whether it's a sickness, whether it is financial issues, whether it is a relationship problem, or whether it is a tragedy or whatever comes across, the Bible says we are more than a conqueror. So that is the attitude Jesus had when he was on the earth. He didn't walk around with an attitude of like, oh, I'm not sure if God, my father is going to let me do this. Oh, I'm not sure if I can do this. I don't know, you know, if I can beat the devil or... No, he didn't have that. As a son of God, he had the attitude of, I am more than a conqueror. You don't see him going and beating up the Romans, uh, calling down fire from heaven like Elisha did on the Romans or any bad people. No, he didn't do any of that. Attitude that he carried with him was that if there's oppression, which is the oppressor is the devil, if there's oppression of mind, of the soul, emotions, then I'm here to set that of uh, that person being oppressed free. If there is, uh, you know, sickness, disease, that's the attitude he had. See, that's the attitude the father has. He wants to see people set free. So that is that should be our attitude. As a Christian, we are more than a conqueror. So we have to settle this in our minds that we are supposed to win and not be beat. See, that's, that is God's plan for us, His will for us, His destiny for us, is that we don't, we have to win all the time and we don't need to be beat. But is that the attitude that we have? What we are talking about is we are more than a conqueror. We are winners when it comes to the devil and his devices. Yeah, now we say if I'm talking to somebody and I don't win the argument, that's not what it's talking about. Or if, I, if I'm preaching to somebody and that person doesn't receive what I'm teaching them or what I'm talking about Jesus, they don't want to receive Jesus, that's not what the Bible is talking about. In that case, Jesus did not win everyone that he talked to. No, he didn't. So it's not talking about that. You know, your husband and wife has a... Uh, argument and then the husband says, look, I'm more than a conqueror. No, this is, this is spiritual, right? This is against the devil and his devices 
and things that come against us to steal, to kill and destroy. So it doesn't mean, you know, if you are running a marathon, you have to be the winner. It's, uh, it's against oppression, it's against things that are coming against us. Now look at Romans 8 and we're going to go to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Okay, so who shall separate us from the love of Christ, right? Now, the love of Christ, as I uh, talked about in a few classes before, now, the love of Christ is not something that is like emotional. People think we equate the love that is in the world and we try to love God with that kind of love. That's not what I was talking about. The love of Christ is what made you more than a conqueror. The love of Christ is what heals your body. Because Jesus loved us, he gave his body to be whipped and broken so that we can receive healing in our body when we believe that is what Jesus did for us. Jesus died so that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. That means Jesus paid for a peace. That's a sound mind, having peace, love, joy. Jesus paid for them. It's not something that God just dropped from heaven. No, Jesus paid for it, everything. So the love of Christ is all of that. He went on the cross. He shed his blood so that we don't have to suffer the consequences of our sins or the judgment. He went to hell, so we don't have to go to hell. If we die, we go to heaven. When Jesus died, he went to hell. He went there for you and me. So Jesus faith, see, this is the love that Paul is talking about. Nothing can separate us from that. So nothing can separate us from the healing that God has put in us. Nothing can separate us from having the peace. Nothing can separate us... But the only thing that can separate us is us. Yeah, if you don't believe, if you don't believe that Jesus died for your peace, then you're separating yourself by not believing. Nothing can separate you. Yeah, so, you know, but sometimes we think about the love of Christ, you know, oh, he died on the cross for forgiveness of my sins, and that's all. No, that is, that's a very little part of what Jesus did on the cross. Maybe one day I'll teach a class on his death, burial, and resurrection, and his ascension to into heaven. See, that's the love of Christ. So nothing can separate us, but we can separate it because we don't believe. We try to get the peace from getting a second job, or we try to get a peace by getting a second wife, you know, another wife, or another girlfriend, or another boyfriend or whatever. We try to find peace from our natural things. We try to find love which is natural in the world and we try to find it by the natural means of trying to get somebody attracted to you or being attracted to them. See, all of that is not what God is talking about. So that's what the, the verse here is talking about. He's talking about to know, right, and to have that love that of Christ Nothing can separate us from that. That love of Christ is in you. I can show you scriptures to prove it, but I know you all guys, you guys already know it. Now, shall tribulation, tribulation means troubles, right? Or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness means lack, or peril, or sword. He's saying, look, none of those can move you from the love of Christ. 
And in verse 37 it says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Who is that? We are God and Jesus. Paul cannot say we are more than conquerors if he is not depending on Jesus. See, the word more than conqueror is an attitude, is a mindset. That means you are going into a fight, you are going into a situation knowing that you are more than a conqueror. Now, even if the situation, that means the tribulation, distress, persecution, those are things that come up, come to a Christian. People are going to persecute you, they're going to call you all kinds of stuff. They might not like you. But you're more than a conqueror in that situation. You can't stop somebody from saying bad things about you. That's not what the Bible is saying. That God is going to shut their mouth so they won't say anything bad to you. No. Even when they say something bad about you, you are more than a conqueror. It's not affecting you. Where you respond negatively, you respond through email, WhatsApp, Facebook, and you respond and you try to smirch that person with all your friends and say, oh, this, this, you know, she's, uh, so, you know, blah, 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 whatever you, you know, people use. I don't have a face, I don't go there, so, you know, I don't know. And I don't want to know how people use gossip and criticism on Facebook. I, you know, I don't want to know. I used to be like that. I, I don't want to be like that no more. That's what it is. See, you are a more than conqueror when that happens. When you have financial issues, you might not, you know, right away get the money you need, but in your heart you know my father knows what I need. And he, he answers before I even ask him. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches, not my works, but according to his riches in Christ Jesus. See, that is what gives you that attitude of being more than an overcomer. Now see, you need to have that attitude. Samson had that attitude, even though he, his character was all messed up. He, he had an attitude. You know, the Philistines tried to beat him or something, he runs away. They try to tie him up, he runs away with that, with their iron gate, that's like so massive. Yeah. It's an attitude, his mindset. And they mess him up, they try to, you know, make him mad. He takes the jawbone of a donkey and kills a thousand Philistines. You know, it's an attitude, because God's spirit dwelt on him, not in him, and specifically for human strength in supernatural human strength, right? And that's what he had. He had this attitude. Was everything he doing, but he had this attitude. See, God wants his children to have that attitude that we are in Christ. We are his children. But Christians don't have that. But they have everything else that is in the world. So we are more than a conqueror. Not just conquerors, but more than a conqueror. That means you know in advance you are a winner. When the devil comes against you, when sickness comes against you, when disease comes against you, when problems come against you, your mind, you know, your thoughts get all messed up. You got to know you got a sound mind. That is being more than a conqueror. You know that you are going to come through this. See, that's the attitude. You know it. Now look at David, right? We all know the story of David. What kind of an attitude did David have? All his brothers and all of Israel army, they were hiding and David comes around and says, hey, why are you guys hiding? Oh, this guy, Goliath, challenging the armies, you know, us. And this guy is a big guy. From his childhood, he's a warrior, he's a giant. And David looks at them and says, hey, what, would the, what does the king give me if I defeat this guy? Or whoever defeats. And they say, oh, a lot of wealth and also his daughter as a as bride. And David is like, whoa, yes. And so he goes to the king. 
and the king tried to dress him up in his own armor, the royal armor, and David says, no, I don't want this. What is his attitude? His attitude is like the same God that was with me when I killed the lion and when I killed the bear, he's going to be with me against this guy. See, that's the attitude we should have. See, David did not have God in him. He said, with me, we have Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit living in us. So we should have a better and stronger attitude than King David had, or the King David at that time. And then he walks to the battleground, and he sees this giant, and look at the attitude he has. He's like, okay, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, who's not in the covenant of God, challenging the armies of God? And he says, today, I'm going to cut off your head. Isn't that an attitude? That is his mindset. He's more than a conqueror. He hasn't even conquered him yet. But his mindset, the words he spoke, the attitude he had was, I'm more than a conqueror. See, David in the physical was no match to the giant, was he? He didn't even have sword, no shield. And he didn't have Jesus who died for him yet. He didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him. I'm sure the Holy Spirit is one who led the stone to hit him, Goliath, at such speed that he passed out. But David didn't have anything. He didn't have the word. He didn't have these promises we have. All he knew was God was with me. That's the attitude he had. See, that's the attitude, guys, that we as Christians lack. We have the power. We have the authority. We have Jesus in us. We have the power of the that created the world, the Holy Spirit in us. Romans 8, 11. If the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that's the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit dwells in us. But we don't have the attitude because our mind is not renewed to that kind of attitude. We still go, oh, you know, I'm a loser. I, you know, nothing works out in my life. Everything I try to do fails. You know, you have this uh, this mindset which is not according to the Word of God. So, even though you are more than a conqueror, that's your destiny. You don't carry that attitude because your mind is filled with fear, worry, anxiety, all of that stuff. I'm not saying that I have this perfect uh, more than conqueror attitude. No, but I know I have it in me and I want to walk in it. That is more than half the battle won. Once you understand that, by the knowledge, you understand it. And now you renew your mind and say, no, I am more than a conqueror. When things come against you, you say, no, I am. See, that's what you talk about. That's what you think. And then you guard your, you guard your words. You don't talk anymore the rest of your life. Oh, no, I'm a weakling. I'm nobody. Nothing works out for me. Nobody loves me. Every cold season, I catch a cold. I'm sure COVID is going to kill me. See, those are the words of a defeat-based human being. To be more than a conqueror, you got to talk like a conqueror, even though if you don't feel like one. I mean, you can go to the Old Testament, you can see this attitude. Elisha has this attitude. He has all the prophets of Baal gathered together, said, okay, come on, guys. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to build, you build an altar right here on Mount Carmel and put a sacrifice on top or whatever you want to do and call on your god Baal or Baal or whatever they called it and 
let him cook it for you right i'll do the same and let's see which god answers right that's an attitude and then the prophets of baal are running around chanting and chanting for hours and he's sitting there and he has added he says oh you know what shout more scream more because i think your god is taking a vacation i think he's in the restroom or maybe he's sleeping isn't that an attitude that is racist don't talk like that you know you're talking like you are some big shut up and say no my attitude comes from god's word she's like oh no i can't you know say anything because people are going to label me as this or that guys either you have an attitude that comes from being a son of god or you're going to have the attitude of the world you can't live in between an attitude is an expression it's not something you hide every attitude comes out as an expression whether in words or deeds and so elijah is teasing those guys and they got mad and they started cutting their wrists and cutting themselves so that the god shedding their own blood so that their god will come but there's no god and then elijah says okay watch he puts the sacrifice the bull or whatever and then he pours buckets of water over that and he says dig a trench around the the sacrifice rock and dig a big trench and fill it with water guys that's an attitude of a man of god and elijah was in the same boat as david he didn't have the holy spirit living in him he didn't have all the promises that we have after jesus died and rose from the dead all he had was god said go ahead and do it he said okay i'm going to do it one word from god and elijah got an attitude more than a conqueror he's not saying okay put all kinds of twigs and leaves dry leaves around the sacrifice so it can catch on fire quick no he does the opposite he wets it guys either you believe you are a child of god and have the attitude or just walk around as a normal human being now having an attitude of more than a conqueror is not something you already have it you have the mind of christ inside of you that's yes or no yeah so you have this inside of you all you got to do is believe it and start acting on it how do you act on it talk about it talk talk garbage i don't know if it's going to work or i don't know if god will do that i don't know if my prayer is answered no now there's two things that helps us to overcome the god of this world and the attitudes and the things that are in the world let's go to revelation chapter 12 verse 11 revelation chapter 12 verse 11 and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death yeah and they overcame him is talking about satan right there a few verses before that he says uh, satan had come down to the earth so and they overcame him by what blood of the lamb do you have the blood of the lamb are you washed in the blood that's how you become a child of god that's how you're born again that's how you're a christian so you have it that means what jesus did for you on the cross and the whipping post and being risen again that is what defeats satan that means all he defeated as far your concern but he's still in the world because there's a time when he's no more allowed to be in the world that hasn't come yet jesus hasn't come yet right now he's allowed to uh, be on the earth and deceive people and even christians 
overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony what is the word of your testimony see when you speak the word of god you will experience it and that becomes your testimony right that's what you're talking about but if the word of your testimony is oh no i'm always sick i am you know i'm depressed i am this you know i don't think i'll ever be able see what testimony is that see you're not saying that i'm not saying that you're not experiencing something yeah you, know, you might experience depression or sadness in your soul or you might be experiencing something uh, a lack of strength now that's natural in the natural world but your mindset should be like the bible says he that is weak let him say or testify that he's strong see when we are sad or when we feel depressed don't say that you said no i have a sound mind the peace of god that passeth all understanding keeps my heart and mind through jesus christ that's the word of your testimony so you overcome him that means that guy in the world called satan is what causes you to be sad or depressed or all those emotions right? but when you speak the testimony of god's word i have a sound mind even if you don't have it when you're saying it you're saying the right thing because that is a testimony you're saying jesus died so that through him i have the peace see that is your testimony that is what you're talking and that is how oh, you overcome the guy that is in the world you already have the sacrifice of jesus the blood you already shed it see that's the attitude we should have you should be like wait a minute why am i experiencing this as a child of god i shouldn't so i i have the blood already because i came through the blood through the cross i was crucified when you know through jesus when jesus was crucified i died with him that's what the bible says and i'm risen and i'm seated with christ in heavenly places ephesians chapter 2 it says you rose with jesus you're seated with christ in heavenly places see that's the attitude you should have but our attitude is oh i'm of the earth i'm only human oh yeah the doctor said this is uh, runs in your family oh the psychiatrist psychologist said this is going to go on forever so no you have a seat you're seated with christ in heavenly places next to god himself now if you guys don't believe me go to ephesians chapter 2 ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 6 but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus aha uh-huh. it's not saying you're going to sit with them when jesus comes back no when you got saved it says look at the tense here and raised raised his fastens and made us sit together made us is done david didn't have that that promise he wasn't neither was samson neither was elijah so when the devil comes at it you went wait a minute i am seated with god with jesus you are under my foot ephesians chapter 1 and 21 okay read from 19 so that we get we get a full picture and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power and what is exceeding greatness of his power he didn't say to jesus to us word who believe do you believe in jesus are you born again yes so god is saying this exceeding greatness of his power 
is in us, toward us within us, when do indeed have been read the next one? Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, so in the next verse it says, when Jesus was risen, we were risen. That means our spirits, right? Our spirits are not bound by the earth or matter or time. So we can be seated with Christ and still live in this body. Just like Jesus is seated with God, but he still lives in us. He's not talking about your body being seated in heaven. He's talking about your spirit, your recreated spirit, right? We are seated with Christ. Now look at verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So this power was, you know, God brought it, brought it and produced it in Christ when he was risen from the dead. And he and us, we are seated in heavenly places far above. Above means, the word above is not talking about just distance. It's talking about authority. See, kings sit on thrones and the subjects are below them. See, yeah. it's above. So principality and power and might and dominion and every name. In other places it says, you know, every name in heaven, in earth. So anything that has a name, any demon, any devil, doesn't matter, Satan, devil, Lucifer, Jesus is seated above all of those things and hath put all things, what are these all things? The principality, the power, the might, the dominion, every name, not only in this world, even the world to come, all of that is put under his feet, right? gave him to be the head over all the things to the church. So he's saying Jesus is the head and his body, we are the church. So if you are the church, is your feet Jesus or is, your, is the feet the church? The church. Are you part of the church? Yeah, we are the church, right? Believers. It doesn't matter whether you go to church or you don't go to this church. That No, no, that is where you gather together, whatever. We are the living stones, right? We are the... So, these principalities and powers are under our feet. But Christians are like, oh no, the devil is after me. Oh no, the devil is powerful. Oh, the demon is chasing my daughter. No, if you are born again, if you are a child of God, you put all things under the feet of the church. He's the head. Is your head and feet the same? No, but the fullness... Right? The life flows through the head and through the body. Right? So we have the fullness. That's what verse 23 is saying. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all things. So his fullness fills every part of the church, if you let it. A lot of Christians don't. A lot of churches don't. Do you see that? See, that's why you're more than an overcomer. Because the devils are under you. Is Satan and the demons in heaven? No. They cast down to the earth. But you are seated. In heaven, your spirit, that's what he's talking about. But your soul and your body is still on the earth. And if your soul thinks that I'm not a conqueror, I'm nobody, I cannot, you know, I'm just a defeated human being, that is exactly what your life will be on the earth. Because your spirit has to work through your soul and your soul has to believe what God's word says. If your soul doesn't believe it, then on this earth, you're still being battered oppressed by circumstances, by everything that comes to steal, kill and destroy is from the devil. You're not dominated by the life of God running through your soul and your body. You're letting all that attitudes and mindset that you learn from your family, from your parents, from your 
teachers. Now you might say, oh no, my parents, you know, they gave me good attitude. Yeah, they gave you good human attitudes to be a good person. But that's not the attitude the Bible is talking about. It's talking about word-based attitude that tells you who you are in Christ. That That is the attitude I'm teaching you today. Of course you have a choice. You can take it or leave it. You can go back to your family attitude or you can go back to your uh, church attitude or you can go back to your political party's attitude or... You can go back to, you know, Indian attitude, Italian attitude, you can do all of that. But the only attitude that's going to give you victory is the attitude that comes as a child of God. See, that's why we are more than conquerors, because God did it. When Jesus rose from the dead, he allowed us to have the power, exceeding greatness of his power, to us word. He put it in us who believe. And so the whole demonic world, all principalities at every level is under you and under me. Shouldn't that give you an attitude? Did you know that Eliza didn't have any kind of thing against Satan? Did you know Samson didn't have anything against Satan? All they had was a physical manifestation of the power of God that came and went. But we not only have that, we also have all authority over anything that's demonic, that rules the world. Didn't we read that in uh, 1 Corinthians 4.4, uh, 4, right? The God of this world has blinded the eyes. Who's the God of this world? Do you have power over him? So everything that Satan releases or causes in the world, you have authority and power over that. And that's why you are more than a conqueror, because Jesus destroyed the works of Satan. And the devil knows it, demons know it, angels know it, God knows it, Jesus knows it, but the Christians don't know, don't know it because Satan has blinded the eyes of the Christians, right? So they are afraid of every germ, every virus, every, you know, problem that comes along, and the devil works through fear. So guys, we need to have this attitude. Man, I've seen it with Jesus in heavenly places. Satan, you are no match for me. People tell you, you know, they make fun of you, you're like, wow, that doesn't touch me because... I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. You're supposed to get the promotion. Somebody else gets it. You're like, praise God. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to get upset with somebody or my boss and talk bad about him. No, because I'm a child of God. God is my promoter. My promotion comes from God. That's what the Bible says. In due season, he will exalt you. That's what the Bible says. So you're not affected because you didn't get picked. You got already picked. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You can't get a higher promotion than that. But because Christians are carnally minded, their whole life goes around their carnal mind, their carnal attitudes, their carnal mindsets and emotions that the devil can use at any time to control them. Guys, we are more than an overcomer. Let me show you why you are an, you are a more than an overcomer. Go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10. Okay, read from verse 9, 10. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. The reason we are more than overcomer is because God has exalted Jesus and given him a name which is above every name, right? The Bible says it. If you don't agree, I can't help you in that area because that's God's word. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. We just read that in Ephesians. 
Yeah, here name above all names. Go to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's talking about Jesus right there, the verse before that, right? Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Are you on the earth? Is your spirit in heaven? It's a family. We have a father. We are his children. So, is the name of Jesus given to you? See, when you become a child of God, the name of Jesus is what brought you into the family. And you have that name. Do you understand that? That name, when you use it in faith, you're more than a conqueror. Everything that is named has to bow its knee. What it mean? Has to go. Does cancer have a name? Does a headache have a name? Does Satan have a name? Oh, that's a powerful demon. There are names for demons. I'm not going to go into demonology today, but there are names for demons. But Jesus asked the guy who was possessed, he said, what's your name, right? They said, oh, our name is Legion because we are many, right? The sickness, the disease that is manifesting physically is caused by demonic power. Do you understand that? So you treat it, right? Does sickness come to make you joyful? Does it give you life? Is it coming to steal? But Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life. But somehow Christians have this idea, God gave me this sickness so that I will learn some lessons. Really? No, when you are sick, you probably are desperate and you want to ask God to heal you. And so you, you start confessing all your sins. Oh God, forgive me, forgive me. Because your, your goal is to get healed. Your goal is not to walk with God. Your goal is to get healed. That's why you are begging God to forgive you. You know, the New Testament says grace is given to us to teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and teaching us to live godly righteousness. It's grace. It's not sickness. And if you have that attitude, the devil will chew you up because he knows you don't have faith in God's love for you or for his healing. Yeah, you can you can take the authority and speak to it. But you got to understand also the Holy Spirit is in us. And when you believe the Holy Spirit heals your body, like Romans 8, 11, when you believe it, as you believe it, it might not happen the first day, second day, third day, but you're standing in faith and you believe it produces the healing in your body. That's how Paul walked. That's how Jesus walked. Jesus was never sick. The same spirit that was in Jesus is in you. But Jesus believed that the spirit in him brings life to his body, we don't. And that's the only difference. Yeah, that is called faith. Faith is believing that you have the Holy Spirit that produces healing in your body. You can speak to your body. You can say in the name of Jesus, headache, leave. Now, it might not happen the first day because the devil, your headache wants to know if you really believe or you're just saying it. He will listen to what God's word says. Jesus says, speak to the mountain and tell it to be removed. This is why we are more than an overcomer, guys, because we have his name. What that means is, now if I ask you, if Jesus lived with you in your house, physically, yes. would you fear? Would you be sick? No, if you are sick, what is going to happen? Yes. He's going to heal you. Now, if the devil comes to possess you, I'm talking before you got saved, right? Jesus is living with you. The devil comes to possess you. Are you afraid? No. No, because if you get possessed, Jesus is going to cast it out. Because Jesus is not going to let any oppression on you. Do you get that? How do yes. you know that? He, he did that when he was alive. But is there the same Jesus in you? Yeah, but not in the body form, but his spirit. His, it's not his body that was healing, it was the spirit that was in him. It's the same spirit in you. 
Yeah, but your mind is so occupied with sickness and disease and it produces fear. You Google it. You listen to every medical advertisement, every drug advertisement. You sit there listening to it. Oh yeah, you know, I'm not 50, but if I get 50, I think I, I need to take that. Let me note it down. I'm going to note it down in my diary. See, next year I'm going to be 50, so I need that. You don't believe that Jesus is in you. You're just going by what the world is telling you. Do you get that? See, when Jesus was on the earth, right, you don't see that from the Acts, but when Jesus was on the earth, he asked people, do you think, do you believe that I can heal you? Not all the time, but most of the time. Do you, do you believe I can heal you? And when they said yes, see, the thing is, they were not saved. They didn't have Jesus. Jesus had not died for them to receive help all the time by his tribes. He had not his body was not broken. So when they said, yes, Lord, I believe. See, that was their faith. Now we know we have Jesus in us. We have this power in us. We have this authority. We, we have a name. That name is same as Jesus being with you. Do you get that? So when you believe that in the name of Jesus, that has to go. When my neighbor got possessed with the devil, right, or some evil spirit, I didn't go in my training, or no, I don't have any training in it. I went there because I know that the name of Jesus, that spirit, wow, in the beginning, the spirit was testing me, laughing at me, telling me, get out of the house, I'm not leaving this body, this body is mine. The spirit, the evil spirit is talking to me, trying to confuse me. I said, no, I'm going nowhere. You are the one that's leaving, right? In the name of Jesus, come out of her. Did she come out right away? No. I don't know if it's he or she or whatever. No. He started giggling and laughing. I said, no, I'm not leaving here. And that, that, that lady was beating the pastor of, of her church. She's a, she's supposed to be a Christian. She wasn't. And she's beating and kicking the pastor. And I told her, in the name of Jesus, you will not do it. And she took her hands and kept it, you know, under her. See, the spirit is starting to learn, not learn, starting to know that I believe in the name of Jesus. Well, she tried to hang around for almost 40 minutes. I wasn't budging. I stood there. I said, no, you're going to leave. And finally, she just fell down, was going to throw up, and then she just crashed and she just passed out. See, the thing is, if we believe that if Jesus is there, it's going to work. Guys, it is better for Jesus to be in you than to be with you. Do you understand that? See, that's what Christians don't understand. They think, oh, if Jesus was here. What do you mean if Jesus was here? He's in you. When Mary and Martha, brother Lazarus died, right? Yes. They sent word to Jesus. And Jesus didn't run, no, I'm going to, uh, you know, raise him up. No, he stayed in the place three more days. And then he came by. And Martha met Jesus and said, Jesus, if you were here, my brother would not have died. You see that? Yes. If you were here, Christians are saying the same thing. Oh, Jesus was here. Was Jesus in Martha's uh, spirit? No. No. Was was Mary, uh, the spirit of God living inside of Mary? Was Jesus inside of Mary? It didn't happen till Jesus rose from the dead. Christians are still saying, oh, if Jesus was here. See, that's because you don't believe who Jesus is. You don't believe what happened at the cross. All, when I say you guys, I'm not talking just you guys, right? Now, then why do we keep saying if Jesus was here? If you don't say it, you think it. No, that's, that Jesus is in more power today because he rose again and that exceeding greatness of power was given to him. He had power on the earth, but now he was given power to give it to us. That is exceeding great. 
So you have more power today than Jesus had when he was on the earth? In you. This is the glorified Jesus. Not the Jesus with the body of a man. And he's inside. Guys, that's why we are more than a conqueror. Because the one who's inside you already destroyed the works of the devil. The works are destroyed. The reason Satan is still controlling the world is because humans were given the world. And Adam gave it to Satan. So if the human believe what Jesus said and believe in Jesus and act like it, Satan has no power in the world. But more and more humans are giving power to Satan through their thoughts, through their actions, through what they believe. But the time is coming when Jesus comes back and at the Battle of Armageddon, Jesus is going to uh, not destroy, defeat him and put him in a bottomless pit. For a thousand years he's going to be chained up. Right now the devil is not chained up. He's alive, he's on the earth. He has no power on the earth except through a human being. So if we have seven billion human beings believing him and what he's saying in the media, in the news, through the doctors, then he can rule the world. But if Christians rise up and say, no, I have the authority. I have Jesus. If all the world, people in the world receive Christ and know they have the authority, it's the end of Satan. Well, that's not going to happen because he's going to come in human harm to rule. Satan, we call him the Antichrist. That all has to come to pass. But guys, we as Christians, we know we are more than conquerors. Why? Because God's word says it. Not because some pastor said it or I said it. or No, it's because God's word says that. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So the whole family in heaven and earth is named after whom? The people who died and went to be with Jesus, they are, we all have, like a last name, right? We can call it Jesus because that's the name given to us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Yeah, neither give place to the devil. So the devil cannot touch you unless you give him place. Place means ground. Neither is talking to us, neither give place to the devil. See, you are more than a conqueror. devil can't take your place. But if you believe you are not a conqueror, you are, you know, whatever you want to believe, then you are giving place to the devil. And if you give him place, he'll take it. You give him an inch, he'll make sure he's going to take a mile. But if you believe you are more than a conqueror, you're not going to give anything to the devil. You say, get out of here. The Bible says, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Are you resisting? Yes. No, you're just taking all of his thoughts, his fears, his worries, his attitudes. And when you do that, you are giving him place. In your soul, he can't take anything from your spirit because your spirit is sealed. He can't get in there, your soul, right? So we do give place to the devil and then he will take it. Look at First John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So, if you believe that, you are what? More than an overcomer. What are you overcoming? Overcoming the world. Who is in the world? The devil and all his demons. And all the people that follow him mentally. See, you are more than an overcomer. Because you believe in the Son. Because when you believe Jesus, Son of God, you received him. The power of God is in you. The authority is in you. The spirit is in you. And that's why you are an overcomer. Whatsoever is born of God, Overcome the world. So if you're born of God, he's not talking about your parents giving you birth. He's talking about being born again. So if you are born of God, then you are an overcomer. Your destiny is to overcome the world. 
every day. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Even our faith. What is our faith? We are God's children. We are more than an overcomer. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I can raise the devil, he will flee from me. At the name of Jesus, everything has to bow. That's the faith that overcomes the world. Not that the faith, okay, you know, I know Jesus is my savior. No, that is how you came to Christ. Now he's the power. He's in you. So when you use the name of Jesus, Jesus said, ask the Father anything in my name, I will do it. In my name. He said, in my name you shall cast out devils. In my name, because Jesus was going to heaven, he was not going to be present. So he said, in my name, go. But Christians are not going, they're hiding. Now, go means every day, believe, you are an overcomer, believe what is inside of you, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Every promise says, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. You can't be in Christ and not have power, because Jesus is the power. Do you guys understand how awesome the gospel is? See, because God wants his children to know we are more than an overcomer, not just an overcomer. More means you already know you're the winner. See, you need to know, you need to know that you have guaranteed victory. All you got to do is keep going till you see it. If you know the tunnel that you are in has an end or is an opening and there is light on the other side, you will go in confidence, right? But if you go through a tunnel and if you don't know, you're going to be in fear, you're going to fall, you're going to faint. See, God's word says that the victory is guaranteed already through Jesus. And you just believe it and walk in it. And sooner or later, you will start seeing what I'm talking about. But a lot of people give up in the beginning. Oh, I didn't see victory, so God's word doesn't work for me. See, right there, you give place to the devil. Yes, so guys, carry that attitude. Now, you might think, oh, I don't know all the scriptures and I don't know. No, no, no. Listen to the class. Listen to it every day. Go over it. And that's how faith comes. You listen to it, so then it, you know in your mind, man, I'm more than a conqueror. That is how we walk. See, it's not that you don't, you know, you don't have the power to be an overcomer. It's already there, but your mind is obstructing it through unbelief. That's all there is to it. So as you read the class or study it, or you go over it, go over the verses. I haven't even given you half of it, but what you have is great. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. And thank you, Melvin, for sharing that very timely, strengthening class. By the way, when Melvin visited us here in Uganda a few years ago, we filmed 10 of the classes that he had been teaching here in Uganda, and they're on a variety of different topics, about 30 minutes each. I thought I'd lost them, but now they're found. And if you search on YouTube for Whitestone Media Uganda, and then look under the videos playlist, you'll find them there. Well, that's it for this week. In praying about a song to go out with, the Lord reminded me of this one, which I think really catches the spirit of what Melvin was teaching us. This is an old friend of mine, Larry Jelvik, who we met here in Uganda. He was in a rock band before he found the Lord, and he has an amazing testimony. If you look back at the very early Nightlight shows, show number five is titled Larry Jelvik Visits Heaven. And you should also listen to show number 74, Larry and Sally Jelvik Living Their Faith. Wonderful awesome testimonies. Okay, Larry, 
take us out with the devil in his proper place, where under our feet. He's under my feet, 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 